so much. Open your Bibles again to the book of Romans. I'm going to, um, I'm going to begin a sermon that's going to take me about uh, four weeks to finish. That doesn't mean I'm not going to stop for four weeks. Uh, but I'm going to take the next few uh, several Wednesday nights other than uh, conference evenings and complete the message. I believe I will give you the foundation of the truth this morning. And if you'll turn my monitors up just a small amount and I want to preach on the subject, what happened at salvation? What happened at salvation. I want to point your attention to just a few words in a few verses. Look at verse number 9. Uh, about the middle of the verse you'll find this. The Spirit of God dwell in you. Uh, look at verse number 10, that first line. And if Christ be in you. Look at verse number 11. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead, who is that? That's the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. He said that spirit, notice the words, dwell in you. Heavenly Father, help me as I preach this morning. Oh, how I believe that this sermon truth can be such a blessing and help us to understand the Christian life, the importance of surrender, Lord, it'll help us to understand one another. I pray this morning that you'd fill me with your spirit. Let me preach the message in a way that can be understood. And Holy Spirit, use it further than the mind, but may it go to the heart and understanding of each person this morning. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I want to show you a few illustrations or pictures of what happens to us when we are born again. There's so many people today that are frustrated at Christianity, uh, frustrated at church. I hear folks say, well, I've lost all faith in the church. Well, you should have never put your faith in the church. You should have put your faith in Christ. Some would say, I've lost all faith in humanity. That's the wrong place to put your faith anyway. Uh, your faith is supposed to be in the person of Christ. The truth is we are all sinners. And those who have received Christ as Savior have been saved from their sin. They've received Christ and have become children of God. And we are sinners saved by grace. Let me give you four statements by way of introduction. First of all, Christ forgives us our sins when we receive him by grace through faith. How many of you are with me so far? For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Why do we need to be saved? Because we are sinners under the condemnation and wrath of God. Jesus didn't come to condemn the world because the world was already under the condemnation of sin. Jesus came to give us eternal life, to set us free in him. I want to give you this second statement. When we get saved, our flesh does not change, but we're regenerated and the Holy Spirit comes inside us to stay. 
Take your Bibles and go to the next book, 1 Corinthians. Paul wrote two letters to the church at Corinth, the first, chapter 6, and look at verses 19 and 20. Our flesh does not save, but God comes inside us by way of the Holy Spirit. He comes inside us to live. Three times in these verses that we read in our text, it says, dwell in us. 1 Corinthians 6, verse number 19, Paul asked the question of the church at Corinth. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? Did you not know God bought you, and he put his Holy Spirit in you to live? Then he says this, For ye are bought with a price, therefore... Glorify God in your body and in your spirit which are God's. One of the biggest misunderstandings about salvation in Christianity is that some think the body becomes sinless when we trust Christ as Savior. The flesh doesn't change. The Holy Spirit simply moves inside. In fact, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 tells us that we will all be sown in corruption. That means we're all going to the grave except those that would go to heaven by way of the rapture. And at that point, their bodies will be changed. This body is going to return to dust from whence it came. Are you with me this morning? We're sown in mortality. We're raised in immortality. We're sown in corruption. We are raised in incorruption. When you get saved, the nature of the flesh is still present. The lust of the flesh are still present. The desires of the flesh are not changed. After salvation, you say, but what about sin? My sin is forgiven and I'll never suffer the wages of sin eternally. Now I will suffer the punishment of sin in this life on this earth. When I sin against God, I'll suffer those consequences, but eternally my sins are paid for. Uh, there is no record of my sin in heaven. Those that have not received Christ as Savior, there are books in heaven that contain every sin you've ever committed. But I'm glad that when I receive Christ as Savior, my sins are gone and my name is in the Lamb's book of life. I want to say number three, a changing process begins in our life when we get saved. And the Bible says we become a new creature in Christ because Christ moves inside us. Now don't miss this, the flesh doesn't change, but the Holy Spirit comes inside us and what he works to do is to take that flesh that was an instrument of unrighteousness and to make it an instrument of righteousness. This piano can be used in a honky-tonk in a bar, it could be used in church. Now this one is just used in church. Now your life and mine could be used in sin for the devil or we're supposed to yield to the Holy Spirit and become instruments of righteousness 
for Christ. The Bible says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. When you study the verbiage, you'll find that there is a changing process. And we're working to become more like Christ. The Spirit is working on us. Now, the Holy Spirit moved inside us to live. He moves inside of us not only to empower us for service, but to lead us, guide us, and to direct us. There are four basic things the Holy Spirit does. First of all, he saves us. The Bible says in John 3, 5, uh, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is a spirit. I'm saved by the Spirit of God. Second of all, I'm sealed by the Spirit of God. 2 Corinthians 1, 22, who hath sealed us and given the earnest of the Spirit. I'm not saved as long as I do good. I'm saved forever because of the Holy Spirit of God who saved me and sealed me. Third of all, he works to sanctify me. Now that sounds like a big word, but it's simple. It means to be set apart for a specific purpose. You may take a pitcher, turn on the water faucet, fill that pitcher full of water, and you're going to use that for drinking water, so you set it apart. I've been saved from sin. The Holy Spirit now works in my life to sanctify or separate me for a specific purpose. Notice, if you will, 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Notice what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and go down to verse number 9. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, uh, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but ye are washed. Ye are sanctified, set apart. Ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Now, <clears throat> I'm as sinful as I ever was. So God didn't make me a good person. I'm not going to heaven because he made me a good person. He made me his own. I'm going to heaven because I've accepted his righteousness in my life. Isaiah said, he hath given me the garment of salvation. So he saves us, he seals us, he sanctifies us, and he serves through us. Hebrews chapter 9, the Bible says this, How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit, of, uh, uh, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. The Holy Spirit works through us. As Brother Smith just said in Sunday school, they're not going to Kenya, they're following Christ to Kenya. The power of God is working in them and working through them. Now, number four, you've got to come back and attention here. Salvation is the beginning of a great conflict. Because this flesh still wants to do what it always did. And the Holy Spirit says, no, my job is to make you like Christ. 
And so there's a conflict. My spirit wants to go this way, and the Holy Spirit wants to go this way. Take your Bibles and go to Galatians chapter 5. You're in Romans, and then you'll find 1st, 2nd Corinthians, and then the book of Galatians. Paul wrote much about this in his writings to the various churches. Salvation, when he saved me, when he sealed me, he begins to sanctify me and serve through me. Salvation is the beginning of a great conflict. Galatians chapter 5, verse number 16. This I say then, walk in the Spirit. We've been saved, so let's walk in the Spirit. And ye shall not fulfill... The lust of the flesh. Notice the lust of the flesh are just like they always were. But he said, I don't want you to do that. I want you to walk in the ways of the flesh. I want you to walk in the spirit. Verse 17. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary one to the other so that you cannot do the things that ye would. But if ye be led of the spirit, ye are not under the law. The flesh wants to continue its behavior. Everyone here today has the same flesh you had before you got saved. It desires to continue the behavior, but he didn't save me for me to continue in the same behavior. He saved me to make me like Christ. How many of you are with me this morning? Let me give you an illustration. 33 years ago this June, my wife and I were married. I had uh, lived alone for a little while. In fact, I had been the pastor of Bible Baptist Church from April 1986 until June 1987. I remember when we got married. What an exciting day it was to look through the rearview mirror and see her mom and dad uh, left behind. And, uh, and uh, uh, anyway, she was mine and I was hers. And boy, we were headed on our honeymoon. Boy, did we have a good time. And uh, we enjoyed the honeymoon. And after that uh, was over, we came back and we set up housekeeping. Uh, she organized the kitchen and the living room. She organized everything. Work schedules kicked in and the married life began. After a long, hard day at work, I was so glad to come home. I didn't have to cook my own supper, but supper was prepared. I thought, boy, this is great. I like this. And uh, after that, I sat down in my chair, and I said, boy, this is the life right here. I was sitting in my favorite chair, and I heard a sweet voice from another room say, who threw their, bed, uh, who threw their pants on the bedpost? sitting there thinking, well, I'm the only other person that lives here. <laughs> I'm the only one that wears britches in this house. And I said, must have been me, dear. Did you grow up in a barn? Don't you know what these hangers are for in the closet? Now, a controversy began. Now, the smart man says, I'm sorry, honey, I'll hang them up right now. If he's a man, he says, I put them on the bedpost and what of it? Those are my britches and this is my house and that's my bedpost. 
the smart man who answered correctly, he sleeps in the bed that night. <laughs> the one who declares himself a man, well, he finds out sleeping on the couch is not near as fun as it used to be when he was a kid. I hear one morning, um, who left the toothpaste laying out on the sink? I'm thinking, why does she keep asking these questions? I'm the only person here. I don't know. Did you do it? <laughs> Wasn't me. I don't use Colgate toothpaste. When I grew up, we used Crest toothpaste. The smart man says, I'm sorry, honey, I'll put that away from now on, and you and I will use Crest toothpaste. <laughs> if he's a man and he's a slow learner, he says, look, if I buy the toothpaste, I'll put it wherever I want to put it, and I'll buy whatever brand I want to buy. And he spends the second night on the couch. <laughs> now, let me tell you what happened when I got saved. Before I got saved, I was living alone. Had three things to satisfy. The lust of my flesh, the lust of my eyes, and the pride of life. But I realized my sin would take me to a devil's hell. I didn't want to die and go to hell. I believed Jesus loved me. He died on the cross to pay for my sin. And he said, if you by faith will receive my payment for your sin, you can have eternal life. That's why I came. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I was hardly six years old and I walked down the aisle at Bible Baptist Church, West 2nd Street, Xenia, Ohio, and I trust Christ as my personal Savior. What a wonderful day it was. I, I remember that morning so well. Getting saved and the burden of sin was taken away. I realized that when I died, heaven is my home. What a wonderful thing. I got baptized uh, that night and uh, followed the Lord and believers' baptism as a profession of my faith in Christ. Baptism is not a part of salvation. It's simply a testimony of our salvation as a, a young man and a young lady would put on a wedding ring and let folks know I have given my life in marriage to her and she to me. But the Holy Spirit moved in. Up to that point, it was just me to do what I wanted to do. Up to that point, you did whatever you wanted to do. You lived alone. But that holy and righteous spirit moved inside, and you went to work the next day, and the Holy Spirit said, Who said that ugly word a while ago? shouldn't have said that. I'm going to change my vocabulary. Where did you say you were going Friday night? You know, I'm a Christian. I probably shouldn't go there, should I? And just like that sweet and wonderful wife, by the way, who represents the Holy Spirit in the home, That Holy Spirit said, where did you say you were going Friday night? Now that you're a child of God, don't you think these 
a better place you can go than where you've been going on Friday night? And the Holy Spirit said, you're going to drink what? Well, but I like this. I know, but that's not what God says to drink in his word. Oh. And that's just the way it is when I got born again. Now, some people think that something happens to this flesh and it has no more desire for sin. That's not what Paul said. Paul said, who shall deliver me from this body of death? Paul said, I have a will within me, that spirit that desires to do right. But he said, when I desire to do right, that old flesh is in me and it desires to do wrong and they're contrary one to the other and the sweet Holy Spirit says, you ought to talk like this. You ought to live like this. Where did you say you were going Sunday morning? You mean I gave my life for you on Calvary? And you're going to go there Sunday morning? Have you read what happened to Israel when they forsook the house of God? Now the fellow who wants to have a happy marriage, he learns quick. He learns and together they work together to make life happy and wonderful. The Christian who decides I've become a child of God I don't live alone like I once did. In fact, I really don't like living alone. I sort of like the peace that he gives by living with me. I, I, I like the comfort that he gives by living with me. I, I, I like the courage. I like the strength the Holy Spirit gives me when I, when I listen to him and because he lives in me and the Christian that says, hey, ain't no preacher going to tell me what to do. It'll take somebody beside you and you go home, the Holy Spirit repeats the preacher. And you say, wait a minute, whose side are you on? Are you with me this morning to understand that there is a, there is a controversy that takes place? The wise Christian says, I know the Holy Spirit is right. I'm going to listen to the Holy Spirit the unwise Christian says, I can do anything I want. I can believe anything I want. I can go anywhere I want. Ain't nobody going to control me. And when that Christian needs comfort, and when that Christian needs joy, and that Christian needs peace, he finds it lacking because he has quenched the Spirit of God. Now, you may hear this of a young man. In fact, you may hear his mother say a uh, year after he gets married, and she's been wondering, Oh, boy, she's got her work cut out for him. Now, you may hear her say of her son, he's changed since he got married. She sure has been a help to him. I pray it's true since I got saved, and I've been listening to the Holy Spirit that folks would say, he's changed since he got saved. Now the truth is my flesh still desires anything. It desires to do anything it ever uh, desired to do. Read Romans chapter 7. Read all of Galatians chapter 5. There is no change of desire except for the fact now that I'm a child of God and I realize I'd rather have comfort. I'd rather have strength than weakness. I'd rather have comfort than sorrow. I'd rather have joy than fear. I'd rather have these things. I'm going to listen to the Spirit of God. 
I'm thinking of a young man this morning that joined the Marines. In fact, one of the most humorous statements I ever heard said, a young man came to me and he said this. I'm tired of being told what to do. I joined the Marines. And I thought to myself, you got more to learn than you think you do. I'm tired of mom telling me, get out of the bed. I'm tired of mom telling me, it's time to go to bed. I'm tired of mom telling me, pick that up. I'll show her. I joined the Marines. Now, the fellow was a, he, he was a good fellow, but he wasn't well organized, and he wasn't what you call squared away. So when he went to the Marines, first of all, he got a Marine-styled haircut. <laughs> they didn't ask him what style he wanted. They gave him what they wanted him to have. They gave him a uniform. He began the training. He began the drilling. He began listening to the instruction. He learned what it meant to respect and love his country. He learned the history of other men who'd gone on before him. The difference he learned he could make if he became one of the few and one of the proud. He was becoming a Marine. He came back from boot camp and I'm telling you that young man was squared away. What happened? Was he changed into a new person? No. He let his flesh fall under the submission of instruction. Now we may say he's a changed man and I understand that but he still desired to do what he wanted to do. He still had the same flesh, but he brought it under the subjection of the Marine Corps. And it was that kind of man that gave to us, that gave to us and secures for us the freedom that we enjoy in our country. And we're seeing today a generation that says, I want to do what I want to do, and they don't want to yield to any authority, whether it be parents, whether it be government, whether it be the military, they want to do their own thing and the Bible says to be carnally minded is death now that's what happened when the Holy Spirit moved inside he started instructing me he started convicting me he started correcting me he started working on me to make me what I ought to be and he began to bless my obedience in Christ this old flesh is the same flesh it always was it still has the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life but as I go to church on Sunday morning and I hear the word of God preached and I read the word of God at home and I hear the Sunday school teacher I learn what God wants and I do less and less of what the flesh wants to do and more and more of what God wants me to do. And I bring that flesh under the submission of the Holy Spirit of God and I'm becoming a new creature in Christ. Some years ago I was on an airplane. I was flying from Louisville somewhere and I was preparing for a sermon as I sat on the plane. I already spoken to the man uh, that was uh, beside me. In fact, I spoke to him in the terminal, and I gave him a gospel track. And uh, we happened to sit, actually not together. He sat in front of me, and I, I, I sat in the seat behind me. And, and, and he turned around again as a, as a plane level off. He said, now, are you a preacher? I said, I am. I'm Pastor Clay's Mill Baptist Church. I said, what do you do for a living? He said, I am a sports agent. He said, and, and he told me the uh, 
uh, professional ball players that he represented. If I told you the names, uh, and, and he and I are friends today, and we communicate occasionally, maybe once every uh, two months or so. If I fly through uh, New York City, I think of him because that's where his office is. If I told you the names in the NFL and then the NBA uh, that he represented, you'd recognize those names. I won't tell you because of the illustration uh, that I'm going to use. I said to him, I said, as a um, professional sports agent, what do you do? He said, well, getting a contract is not the most difficult thing I do. But he said, uh, right now, and it was during football season, he said, I live with, and he told me the name of the professional football player. I said, why do you live with him? He said, to keep him out of trouble. He said, he's a 23-year-old multimillionaire. He has more money than he could spend I said, well, why, why do you have to live with him? He said, to make sure he obeys curfew and comes in when he's supposed to. To make sure when he's drinking that somebody can get a hold of him and bring him back to his room. And make him follow the rules so that he can be a successful football player. My agent is the Holy Spirit. They don't have to keep me out of the bars. They don't keep me out of those places. But this flesh still wants to do what it desires to do. And my agent, the Holy Spirit, says, now wait a minute. You go over there and you're going to lose the blessings of God. You go over there and you're going to lose your testimony as a child of God. You, you, you better get out of there. You better get over here. You better not use those words. Those are, those are not the best. There are better words to use than that. There are better things to do than that. And that's exactly the work of the Holy Spirit. That's the work of the Word of God. That's the work of the church. That's the work of the Sunday school. That's the work of, of, of the church is to remind us our flesh wants to do what it wants to do, but this is what God wants us to do. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Why? For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Stand with me this morning. I'm not finished preaching, but my time is up. As I said, it'll take me several weeks to finish. And I want to I I teach in detail what this means. Some folks are frustrated at themselves because they thought, boy, when I trusted Christ as Savior, I thought I'd lose all appetite for sin. I didn't. No. But the Holy Spirit did move in and the success of your Christian life is how much you and I yield to the Holy Spirit of God within us. You may be here today and you've never trusted Christ as Savior. You ought to trust Christ as your personal Savior today. Maybe you're a Christian. You're wrestling with the Holy Spirit, and you're saying, I'm going to do what I want to do. You ought to yield your life today to the working of the Holy Spirit in your life. Heavenly Father, I pray that you bless the truth of the message to our minds and to our hearts today. For Lord, when we were saved, you came inside us to dwell, to change us to make us more like you. Success is based on how we yield our lives to you.
Bless her invitation, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.